When it comes to sex, let's be honest. We all have questions. Am I doing it right? Is it supposed to feel this way? Why don't I care about sex? And the big one, what is normal sex? Trust me, these are legit questions. So I found Dr. Jenny Schuyler, sex therapist extraordinaire, to answer the questions we always wanted to ask but didn't. And she has some questions too, good ones. I'm Kim Kaplan, and this is the Modern Pleasure Podcast. I woke up one day and I was sick and tired of myself. I was sick and tired of feeling like I have to kill myself in the gym and I'm not losing any weight. And I was body checking all the time and my clothes didn't fit. And I woke up one day and I thought, okay, if I'm going to live in this body, I'm going to enjoy the body that I'm in. And that was in the same time I was starting to do boudoir. And I realized that every single person that I shot had the exact same insecurities that I did. And if I could see their true beauty through my lens, I knew I could do it for myself. And that's Mm. when I started taking selfies. And welcome back to another edition of the Modern Pleasure Podcast, where we talk about everything. Actually, we don't even... This season has been great because it's not just been about sex in general like last season where I felt like we were just running the gamut on my sex life. I love that we're really, well, we did. I really love the fact that we are sort of, you know, stepping outside the box a little bit and bringing in other facets of sex that I never really thought about last season. And I'm pretty excited about our conversation today because this is something that I've always wanted to do. But never felt I had the confidence to do it, especially now at this age. Maybe back in my 30s, I would be like, oh, yeah, let's do it. So I'm, I'm, you know, without further ado, uh, Dr. Jenny, tell us what we can expect in our podcast today. You, you found this wonderful woman, and I want to know more about her. I am. Um, she found me. Oh, she well, found, see, she found me first. Well, maybe we were connected through a mutual friend, actually, if, we're, if I'm accurate. Um, so, you know, I am the resident expert at Adam and Eve, which is based in North Carolina. And Caitlin, who is going to be in our podcast today, is also based in North Carolina. So I'll let Caitlin speak to how she knows our mutual friend. I don't know actually how she met him. Um, but we got synced up and I was on her podcast and it was super fun. And then so I invited her here. And I'm happy to bring her on and introduce her fully. Well, can you just give us a teaser? What is it that she's she does? Yes. So this podcast is called Loving Your Body Through Boudoir Photography. So she is a boudoir photographer, but she's super unique because she doesn't just do an individual trying to feel good in their body. She'll do couples. She'll do couples engaged in sensual acts, mm. um, engaged in kinky acts. So she's really in there getting creative and artistic and having a lot of fun with these individuals and couples. Wow. And it's really interesting. It's a really interesting twist on boudoir photography. And the other piece, you know, talking about loving your body. I mean, I think most people who do, who get to be the object um, and be photographed 
when they're doing boudoir feel really good about themselves. I've never met anybody who's like, oh, that was bad. Usually the photographer makes you feel so good and so sexy, no matter what other struggles you might have in regular day-to-day life. Um, That's a good photographer. (laughs) That's a great photographer. Well, that's the whole essence, hopefully, of boudoir photography. And Caitlin, I think, just really takes it to the next level um, because one of the things she really focuses on as well is um, having size and gender inclusivity in her boudoir photography. So it really opens up the field for all individuals to feel really good in their body, no matter what you look like, no matter your size, and just to feel that embodied sense of sensuality. That's my understanding of her work. Well, let's find really out. Would love for her to um, share more about how you know how she describes it. But that's that's my understanding. All right. Well, welcome, Caitlin. Hi. How's it going? It's good. 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 Oh. Thanks for thanks for having me today. You nailed it on the head, Dr. Jenny. That's a pretty. That was a pretty good roundup of what I do. Oh, good. Okay. So just before we get started here, Caitlin, you got to give us a good glimpse of this shirt. Uh, We we talked about it a little earlier, but this is great. Do you sell these? Because that's a great shirt. I do. Yeah. So Stop Drop Take Nudes was my, um, I started this about mm, three years ago when I got on TikTok. I made a whole bunch of like, I love booty calls, stop, drop, take nudes, uh, left boob energy instead of like big dick energy. Oh my uh, God, I love it. Everybody has like a bigger boob. So it's whatever boob, left, right boob energy. Uh, and so I started wearing them on my TikToks and people would be like, where'd you get your shirts? I'm like, I make them. <laughs> That's so, so smart. Yeah, so I do have a merchandise line and um, I actually partner with a company. It's like a drop to ship and they go up to a 5X. And so... Um, I just love it. And it's, they're all like men's kind of graphic tees. They're all kind of unisex. Um, but yeah, so they're all these just kind of kitschy, uh, feel good in your body shirts. Like who gives a fuck what anybody thinks about yeah. you? Take nudes. That's you awesome. Know? That's awesome. What's the website where people can find this merch? Uh, that's on my actual website. So um, caitlinscott.com. There's a merch tab. And so it'll take you to, um, I've got like stickers and shirts and stuff like that. But yeah, you could definitely find it all there. Um, and so it's super fun. Always adding stuff too. Oh my God. Okay. And I, I got to get one. Super small, yeah. super small, super big. Doesn't matter yep. your size. Yeah. So I'm a big proponent of like having my um, trademarked slogan is embrace all bodies. And so there's a bunch of the embrace all body shirts there and you can't have a slogan like that, but not be inclusive. Like you couldn't partner with somebody who goes up to a two X. And so um, they have extra small up to a five X, I believe. And they're pretty true to size. So very cool. Very cool. Got to get one. Going to go online and get one. Those are awesome. I just talk about shock value walking around. I wish I had one for the family camping trip this week. I'm telling you, I even have ones that are like they're boobies and they say take nudes underneath. <laughs> and like I'll go on to other people's podcasts and wear like I love booty call shirts and like this one. And sometimes I'll walk in with like the boobs out and just like take nudes because I, I don't know. I just feel like we should unapologetically feel good in our body. And that sometimes means seeing your body naked more often than not. And so why are we apologizing for being naked and taking pictures? I just don't think we should. So do you you take pictures of yourself? Do you have some selfies that you at least once a quarter, sometimes more? Um, I, when I started my body liberation journey at that point, it was like body positivity in my brain. That's not really what it is now for me. But, Mm -hmm. um, when I started that journey, the catalyst was, um, seeing other bodies essentially nude because I was doing boudoir and 
I was like, if I can see the beauty that they have through my lens, I wonder what it feels like to me. And that's when it really started for me taking selfies. Uh, and actually at the time it was with my partner um, because it was like, I could see myself through his eyes when he took a photo that was really, really sexy to me. Um, and so I have some like Polaroid prints early, early, like from 2016, 17 um, that I still have and love. Uh, but yeah, about once a quarter, I try and find a dope location. Or if I'm like on a location that's really sick, I'll pop my camera up and do selfies. Um, wow. like I was just in Asheville and the this balcony was just like it overlooked the entire forest. And I just stripped nude and popped my camera up. People were like, oh, walking by. I was like, hey, <laughs> people walk by and you're like, hey, yeah. I'm like, hey, sorry. Good to see you. Like, yeah. Like, just don't even care. Oh, my um, God. Like your spirit animal um, may be similar to mine, which yeah. is Salvador Dali. Do you know him as the artist? He's very eccentric. <laughs> yes. Very eccentric. Very eccentric. But yes, I just I just don't care. Like people are like people can see you. I'm like, yeah, if you Google Caitlin Guild on the Internet, you can also see my whole naked body as well. So like and mm. <laughs> my name is everywhere. Like we're we good. <laughs> I, yeah, I, that's brave. I gotta say that's super so brave. brave. And I and yeah. I just have to, you said something and and it just kind of triggered something in me, it, and not in a bad way, but in a I, I, I got to ask you this question. You said yeah. when you went on your body inclusivity journey, yeah. how? I mean, I know I'm very. I don't like to see myself naked as I get older. I'm just looking at, yeah. I don't recognize myself, right? Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of women that feel the same way, um, that may be a little bit shy or bashful or have never really felt very comfortable in their naked body. Um, and then, mm-hmm. you know, there's other women like you who are just really um, not, they have no inhibitions and that's awesome. But yeah. how do you... I'm sure that where have you always been that way or was there a point in your life that you said, you know what, I'm going to be okay with this. And if that was the case, where do you start? How do you start that journey? Because I think that's the hardest part. It is. The starting is the hardest part. The starting is also the scariest and where the most trauma can happen is the start. Uh, Mm -hmm. I will tell you, I was not always like this. I had a horrendous eating disorder in high school I got down to a size four in the body that I'm in now. I'm 5'11 and a half, very tall. Very tall. I weighed like 132 pounds. Oh I my stopped God. having a period. I would eat a Luna bar in an entire day. I was playing two sports. Like I just, I, my life felt a little out of control. So I had been plus size my and chubby my whole life. And I felt like that was the one thing I could control was what I consumed and then how my body looked on the exterior. And so I... um that was, it was really rough um, because I was assuming that my worth was associated to my exterior. And at the time I didn't know any different. Right. And so I went through high school and college. I was very thin through college. I played basketball at a junior college in Shasta to start with. And then I went to a four year down in Menlo park and I played basketball all four of those years. And my body was like my tool, which was essentially my worth. Right. So for so long, my exterior has been tied to my success, my worth, how good I was on the court, how uh, desirable I was to other people. And so it really defined who I was. And I, I used it as such and I beat it up as such. And in 20, let's see, 2016, I unexpectedly lost the job that I had been at since 2011. And uh, 
And that time I was also going through some like disordered eating. I was working out really hard. Um, Just recently, a bunch of progression photos popped up on my like, these are your um, reminders from what happened six years ago or whatever it was. And I was taking photos every single day and weighing myself every single day. So it would be like my weight and then a photo of how I looked. I was just right back in the throes of like, ugh, my body's not good enough. I have to be as thin, as small as I possibly can be. Well, in 2016, besides losing the job unexpectedly, I was starting a business and I was dealing with some hormone issues with some like um, birth control stuff. I was on an IUD. I gained 85 pounds and I just felt like this is it. This is the end, right? Like I'm no longer desirable to anybody. This is, I'm, I was just in the throes of it. Wow. And, um, I woke up one day and I was sick and tired of myself. I was sick and tired of feeling like I have to kill myself in the gym and I'm not losing any weight. And I was body checking all the time and my clothes didn't fit. And I was sick and tired of it. And I woke up one day and I thought, okay, if I'm going to live in this body, I'm going to enjoy the body that I'm in. I'm, I'm just going to actively decide to like lie to myself until I feel good. And that was in the same time I was starting to do boudoir. And I realized that every single person that I shot had the exact same insecurities that I did. And if I could see their true beauty through my lens, I knew I could do it for myself. And that's mm. when I started taking selfies. And I, we like to joke that it's kind of like exposure therapy. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, when you see your body for the first time, it's jarring because we have body dysmorphia. Every single person mm-hmm. on the planet has body dysmorphia. Oh, yes. There's for no sure. way to we are yeah. conditioned to believe that our body looks a different way than it does in pictures. And when you start to stop, if when you stop avoiding the mirror and start seeing yourself in pictures, your mm-hmm. brain does this whole thing where it starts to normalize your body to itself. And it's no longer, oh my God, my butt looks like that too. Okay, that's my butt too. Hey, my butt looks really good today. And wow. you literally just trick yourself into learning that that is your body and being 100% okay with Hey, I'm neutral about my body. I don't even want you to get to a body positivity state. That's why it's no longer body positive for me. It's a body liberation where your body is no longer your like trapper, your keeper, right? Where it's no longer defining your worth. I just feel neutral about my body. I don't body check in clothes. I don't look at other people and go, well, I'm thin. I'm at least thinner than that person. Or I at least look better than that person, right? Like we all do that. Yeah. I don't do that anymore because I know what my body looks like because I see it all the time. And that means taking a lot of photos and seeing yourself in the mirror a lot in all different angles. Have your partner film you while you're having sex. That's a real, that's a real, when you can do that, you know that you're like, okay, I feel good. Cause you are in wonky ass positions. (laughs) Okay. She looks kind of cute like that. Like I've never seen my ass like this. I've never seen my inner thigh like this. Like that to me is like the final like caveat of when you feel really good in your body, allowing people to film you while you're in the act. Oh my God. See, I'm like, okay, I, I, I I'm going to start at stage one, step one, yeah. you know, like just feeling yeah. good about uh, taking pictures of my body. Yeah. I can't think it's too early. Um, but <laughs> the, the, and I mean, maybe when I was younger, when I felt really hot and sexy, but this 61-year-old yeah. doesn't feel hot and sexy in her body most of the yet. time. and that is, You don't feel hot and sexy yet. Okay, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Change the narrative. Now, yet. see, my husband mm-hmm. is complete opposite. He mm-hmm. just, he will sit, sorry, honey, talking about you again. He <laughs> will stand in front of the mirror naked 
and be like, man, I love myself. And he's not completely fit either, but he does that. He loves, he'll just walk around and he'll just suck it in and go, you know, one of these days I'll just sonobello it. But for now, look, it looks good in the early part of the day. By the end of the day, it's, you know, but I'm okay with it. And I'm like, but I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. And he loves my body. Confidence is the sexiest thing. Confidence is the sexiest thing. And I always ask people this. Can you change it in two minutes? Can you change something? Do you have something in your teeth? I'm going to tell you about it. Uh, Can you um, fix the bangs on your face? Yeah. Right. Can you change it in two minutes? If you can't, I need you to not think about it. Mm. You can't, you can't change your body Mm. in two minutes. That's a really good way of thinking about that. Correct. Like if you have a fly down, I'm going to tell you, Hey, your flies down. You've got spinach in your teeth. Your bangs are doing that weird separating thing. You've got food on your face. We can fix that in two minutes. If you can't fix it in two minutes, I need you to not think about it Mm. ever. I need you to just let it go. Let it go into the universe, right? Because your body is built to change and is built to gain and lose weight to keep you alive. If your body didn't do that, you would not be on this planet, right? So this whole like COVID-15, that whole conversation used to really be triggering because I'm like, your body was just trying to keep you alive. And that was the way it knew how right? Mm -hmm. So your body is built to ebb and change and flow and grow with you. If you can't change it in two minutes, I just need you to not think about it. Like don't give it a good or bad, Don't give it a positive or a negative. It's a neutral. It's a, okay, I can't change it. I'm okay with it. I'm not good with it. I'm not bad with it. I'm just, okay. It is what my body is doing today. Right. And and not think about it in, in, you know, the future past tense. It's just like in the moment. Yeah, because if you do think about it future or past tense, you are giving it worth and uh, you are saying one is better than the other, right? And your body was never better. Your body's never been worse. Your body is your body and it's built to change. That is not a, there's no morality there. Your body is just your body. The person inside is what matters in my brain. And I think that's what we need to put the focus on is, are you a good human? right? Do you treat others well? Do you do kind things? Do you show your emotion? Do you work through your stuff? Do you go to therapy? Do you work on the betterment of your being? Who gives a fuck what your body's doing? Caitlin, I have a question. Yeah. Um, Because I have friends who are of all sizes and I'll say my friends who are larger struggle when they go to the doctor. Doctor um, is very shaming around their weight. Very. Um, and then brings it up as a health consideration. <laughs> I'm curious. I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. seeing your reaction, but I'm, I'm curious to hear from you Absolutely. how you navigate that. Absolutely. That one was probably the hardest for me. Okay. Um, it took somebody giving me permission to walk into a doctor's office and tell them that they were not allowed to weigh me. Ooh. It, took, it took somebody literally saying, do you know you can do this? I and know so that. if you are listening today and you don't know that you can ask your doctor not to weigh you, hey, babe, you can ask the doctor not to weigh you. Wow. Wow. I, I didn't hate know going that. to the doctor and being weighed. I'm like, oh, like, I did oh, too. Well, I <laughs> always thought it was because they, if you go to a doctor regularly, like I get a physical regularly, that they just want to meet, they just want to know if you haven't dropped significantly, that that could be a sign of a health issue, you know, that kind of a thing. But you go in with that in your brain. Hey, I've lost a substantial amount of weight and my clothes don't fit. You are going in for that very specific reason. A doctor, unless, now there's a caveat, unless you're going for surgery or medical based or weight based medication, 
Right. There is absolutely no fucking reason that they need to weigh you. And the way I, the way I word it is, Hey, uh, I have a history of disordered eating and, um, anorexia. I don't prefer to be weighed. Is there a reason that you need to weigh me today? And most of the time they're like, absolutely not. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, I sprained my knee. Do you have to weigh me? <laughs> I have a toothache. Do you need to weigh me? Absolutely not. Right. Yeah. And then if they go, actually we have, um, you're going into a procedure and we have to do anesthesia based on your weight. Like I went and had a colonoscopy. And they said, hey, anesthesia is based on your body weight. It's how much we give you. And I said, okay, um, so I would prefer not to see it. I'm going to turn around and step on the scale. I would prefer if you covered it and do not repeat it out loud to anybody. And I would like to not see it on my charts, like the stuff that you give me. I tell them exactly what I want to do. And for the most part, I've never really had a doctor be snarky about it. I've had a couple of nurses be like, I don't understand why you don't want to be weighed. I said, you don't need to understand. It's my journey. Wow. Right. You're a badass. You just have to be your own advocate. Right. I want want her to go to the doctor with me. (laughs) Yes. And that's the other thing. You can have advocates come and sit with you. If you absolutely don't feel good in your body and you don't feel like you can be the person who stands up for yourself, bring an advocate with you. Somebody like me, mm-hmm. have them on the phone, have them in person, have them on FaceTime. And all you got to do is hold it up to the doctor and go, I brought an advocate and an ally with me. They're going to tell you what I need. I don't feel comfortable doing it. And then just do it that way. Right. Ideally, the doctor is an advocate with you and bring, you know, because they're the supposed to is- be. They're supposed to be. They're not, though. Not for somebody who lives in a plus size body. And then if they go mm-hmm. into, um, so I have an earache. Oh, fitness. Like, blah, blah, yeah. Blah. They're, yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, typically, if you just worked out more, your BMI is X, blah, blah, blah. I go, hey, I work out five days a week. I move my body for joy. That mm-hmm. is it. We're not having a conversation about the body size. Does what is going on with my ear? I just re-loop back mm-hmm. to what is going on with my ear or what is going on with my knee or whatever. I literally just recenter and I use the words, I am not here to talk about the size or weight of my body. Wow. And I just, I, and very rarely will they like push back on it. And if they do go find another fucking doctor, you do not have to stay at the doctor that you are at. There are lots of doctors, doctors in this world that operate under the health at every size and that you don't deserve anybody your health right? Like if you decide to be the size that you are, you don't, uh, you don't owe anybody health. They owe you respect and body autonomy. That's it. Right? That is so, so empowering too. Boy, yeah. that's amazing. Um, yeah. I love this conversation, uh, but I want to, I want to, I want to switch into photography. Yeah. That's what I was kind of yeah. going to say okay. too. It's like, okay, let's, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. get to the meaty part of this but yeah. it's all it's all integrated, right? Yeah, because totally. I utilize photography to help you walk around this world feeling better in your body. That includes conversations like this, like seeing your body, being able to go to a doctor and advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. All of it is tied. It's never just one or the other. Like photography for me is the healing, the path that is to healing. But all of these other little things are an offshoot of that. When you feel better in your body, you are a better advocate for yourself. You're a better partner. You're a better mom. You're a better employee. You just make better decisions for yourself when you feel better in your body. And the way that you do that is by normalizing your body to yourself through photography. Hmm. It's all linked. It's all very tight. How did you get into it? So what led you to boudoir specifically? Yeah. And, and and can you also tell us about your unique slant on your boudoir? Yes, of course. So um, boudoir to me, 
uh, happened. It's kind of a roundabout story. I lost my dad super unexpectedly in 2012. We had just scheduled a family photo shoot about two weeks before, uh, about a week before I was to the house, to home. He lived across the country in California. I was in um, Myrtle Beach at the time. We got a call that he had passed. And so we missed that opportunity to have our family photos done. Fast forward to when we spread his ashes, I used his life insurance to buy my first professional um, camera, about a Canon. And uh, the first time I used it when we sp- was when we spread his ashes. And I came back to Myrtle Beach and I thought, there are so many people on this world who don't get in front of a camera because they're deathly afraid of seeing themselves and their children miss out on the opportunity to have those memories going forward, right? You don't take a photo on this earth for yourself. You take it for what you leave behind and the story you leave behind. And so a big part of that was helping families capture their family photos. Through that, I realized that every single person had the same insecurities. It was, can you Photoshop me here? Can you make me look younger? Can you make me look smaller? Can you Mm. fill in my bald patch? Um, My neck has this weird roll. Can you Photoshop that out? And I would leave events and weddings and family photo shoots and I would just ache. Like my body would ache for these people. Like you are so desperate to see somebody else in photos that you are willing to ask someone to change your entire being, right? And so um, the first company I started was Cali Clicks. And I quickly realized that you couldn't put butts and babies in the same page in the South. (laughs) (laughs) And so I started Caitlin Scott, which is my photography boudoir business. And I was just desperate to create a space that people could feel seen and embrace for the body that they are in, not in 10 pounds or two years, but today. And so I started Mm -hmm. Caitlin Scott and from Caitlin Scott, which was just individual photography for women specifically. Um, I quickly realized that there was not a lot of spaces in this world that catered to all genders, all sizes, all shapes, all abilities. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to be that person and I wanted to be Mm -hmm. that person quickly. And so I developed a size inclusive wardrobe that goes from an extra, extra small to six X. I offer, um, gender neutral options, gender fluid options, uh, male and mass presenting options in my wardrobe and anybody that has the ability to get in front of my lens as the people that I want to shoot. And that quickly morphed into, I love the way bodies fit together. And I think it's art, how mm-hmm. humans and the human you're with or the human you are playing with fit together. I think that's really beautiful. And I think um, kinks and erotica and things like that are really beautiful. And there's a lot of shame around them. And the same shame that we feel on our body, we feel about our kink. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. And so um, I started shooting couples and individuals in whatever state or uh, kink, erotic, whatever they want to do. I think there's a lot of shame around our bodies. I think there's a lot of shame around what our bodies do, how they look in the moment. Um, I think there's a lot of shame around sex. And I don't think any of that is valid. Do you know anybody who does photography like you do in terms of couples engaged in the act and really just? Yeah, I've never heard of this. Yeah, there's quite a few, actually. Um, There is a few, actually, in close to the North Carolina area. Um, There's a couple. We just found one the other day. We were looking for inspiration photos for this maternity couple. And he sent me a a link to somebody who's in Paris, I believe, who shoots full-blown. I've never seen this model before. She'll hire a third to join you for, like, cuckolds and threesomes. 
Well, this yeah. has been a fascinating conversation. I'd like to know, Jenny, did you have any more questions? I do real quick. One last question, Caitlin, which would be, do you have any role models in society, dead or alive, that mm. really just inspire you? Uh, my, This is going to sound so cliche, but um, Marilyn Monroe is the one that comes to mind the first. I have loved mm. her for forever. My dog's name is Monroe, the dog that you just saw that oh. was running around. Oh. Her name yes. is Monroe, and I have an entire Marilyn wall in my house. Like, a Very whole wall cool. of Maryland photos. Uh, I think now in hindsight, I loved her because she utilized her sexuality and her sex, right, for monetization. And she did it unapologetically in hindsight. It was done for her. And there's a lot of like really scary underbelly of this, but I don't think mm-hmm. I realized that. She was also the first and only real plus size, quote unquote, plus size person I saw that was in mainstream media and celebrated for her body. Mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed that. As an adult now, I realized like there was a lot of really shady shit that happened with her. Yeah. A lot of dark. And uh, that line's a little hazy for me. Um, but I would say she's probably the first person that I ever really could resonate with from mm-hmm. that standpoint. Monroe, mm-hmm. I need to not do that. <laughs> You're Monroe. <laughs> No, nothing is ever perfect and clean, though, you know, especially no. when it comes to yeah. media and yeah. Hollywood. And yeah. Um, I would say the hood, cur- currently now, like in today's day and age, let's see. Is there anybody that I really I like look up to or as an inspiration? They're pretty much all like sports figures. It's nobody really in my space. I'll tell you. Well, even not even if they're not in your space, I'm just curious. Are there like role models? You're like, I like what you're doing. I like the message you're sending. There, there was for a, a hot minute, there was a couple photographers who I just was like totally smitten with that showed up in a way that showcased bodies, plus size bodies in the most beautiful light. And again, once I met them, it was like the falling of grace mm. of they were actually really not great people. Oh, uh, I was just going to chime in here because I had an experience just recently, a bunch of girlfriends of mine and I went out for my birthday and we yeah. saw Lizzo in concert. I was going to say, people like Lizzo are the people yeah. that I, I would say fit that mold for me, where they're blazing a trail. She in- was so inspiring yeah. and just yeah. empowering and yeah. had her dancers. And they were all plus size. And they mm-hmm. were just on fire. On fire. And just complete, you know, I don't yeah. give a fuck. This is who I am. And if yeah. you like it, great. I love you. If you don't, great. I love you too. And she was just so good. Yeah. I would say Lizzo is probably the only real person that falls into that category for me where she's just unapologetic yeah. about her size and her totally. ability. And she's an incredible artist and yeah. uh, things like that, that I, I just really, I do love. It was a love. great experience for a bunch of, you know, 50 plus women to go. <laughs> And just rock out. You know, it was so fun. Yeah, very much so. You know, Caitlin, I I know that we're almost at time and we'll have to round this up. But um, beyond George, Kim. Oh, God. (laughs) Beyond George. stands there in all his glory, which is wonderful. Yes. I think that there's a big struggle happening for men, too. Very big. Around taking testosterone and steroids and being jacked and muscular, like this Adonis complex. Mm -hmm. And... Um, the celebration of all bodies, you know, 
it, it, for women, this movement has been has been there. It's acknowledged. We know we're at war with our bodies. We know when we hit puberty, we can use this as a weapon or a tool or whatever we want, right? Puberty, we're suddenly like, oh my gosh, I just got the arsenal delivered to me in, in puberty. Yes. Um, and I think with boys, men, it's a little different, but also mm-hmm. just as tricky. It's very, it's a, it's a hard space to navigate because yeah. just like women, their worth is defined by their exterior. Right. And their so muscles. They muscles. Mm-hmm. They have to be hard. There's yeah. no room for soft. There's no room for emotion. Which There's leads no more to, skinny. Yeah. Which leads to toxic masculinity and this alpha male complex where they have to be all things encompassing. Right. Um, and you have to be the fastest, the best, the strongest, the most fit, the um the person who dominates the most. And there's really no room in that space for people to just show their emotion and feel soft and have a soft body and be like a soft space. Um, I would say we just interviewed somebody, um, Alex, he's up in New York. He just started the hot fat guys club Mm. and it is a mental health space dedicated to helping men feel seen in the bodies that they are. And I love that. And Alex Alex is a really great guy. And we interviewed, I found him on TikTok, but we interviewed him on our podcast and he was just, he's incredible because he's doing that. And there's not mm-hmm. a lot on that space that are doing that. Mm-hmm. I would say from a photography standpoint, when a couple comes in, it is mm-hmm. often the male who is more insecure in his body than the female. If really? It's a, if it's that surprises um, me, but yeah. Yeah. Um, usually it's, if, if a partner, especially in a heterosexual relationship, if the woman has dragged the man in, she thinks he's super hot and he doesn't want to be there. He's like, I'm uncomfortable. I'm going to get an erection and that's embarrassing. And I don't love my, where my body's at. And it's just like the, a lot of insecurities. And once we start talking about it and I tell them my viewpoint on bodies and things like that, they start to sort of like loosen up and get comfortable. Um, but I would say, yes, a lot of men need the reassurance that your body doesn't have to be perfect to be a valid part of this society. Like yeah. you, you deserve to be here just like everybody else. And you deserve to celebrate your body just like everybody else. I think that's really important. We need that's to celebrate that. Celebrate your body. Yep. We, we you get one chance at this life, right? Well, maybe that's if you're right. reincarnated, you get a few others. But right, right now, you get this one chance yep. in this body, <laughs> this envelope that houses your spirit and soul. And yeah. And I always say, like, how many hours are you going to miss of your life? while you are hyper-focused on what other people think about your body. You know, this reminds me of um, a blog that I did when I turned 50. I did a a blog called 31 to 50 and basically Mm -hmm. a blog to every day about just the insecurities of turning 50 until the day I turned 50. And Mm -hmm. one of the blogs um, that I wrote about was I looked at pictures um, from five years ago and went wow, I looked really good. But at the time I lo- th- that I took the picture and looked at it, I'm like, oh my God, I need to do this, 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 and this, and whatever happened to that facelift fund, you know? And I find that that's a reoccurring thing with me is yeah. the pictures that I take today, I'm like, oh my God. But five years from now, I'll look at it and go, wow, you look pretty good. Why aren't we feeling that way in that moment? And it was a whole... Um, uh, basically the outcome of, of my writing that day was I'm going to start loving the picture that I took today. 
and not Mm -hmm. wait five years to feel that emotion and to feel that pride of who I am and how I look. Yeah, I think that's really important. I also think there's a lot of science behind that. When you're starting your journey, you are not going to like the photos you take. You're not going to like the way your body looks, right? I need you to shorten that cycle from five years to three weeks. I need you to take the photo and then hide it from yourself if you need to. And the way I, because on my TikTok, I tell people, I, I instruct people on how to take sexy selfies at home. And the way that I, the easiest way to do it is to take video and then screenshots from the video. Mm. And it's twofold. I want you to take video, not because it's easier, but because I know that at some point you have to look at that video to get your stills and you're just Hmm. intuitively learning that your body moves in certain ways and looks different when you're moving. Whereas a still, you can like cheat it and like not really Mm -hmm. see your body. Right. And so it's kind of twofold. I tell them that because it helps. But um, when you're first starting, I say, take the video and then put it away and don't look at it. Look at it in two weeks. Right. You are going to feel different than you do in the day. It is the act of taking the photo that is the celebration and where you learn. You are deciding to show up for yourself and take the photo. The act of healing starts in the moment that you decide to take the photo. It is not the final product, right? The final product, if you like it eventually, that's the cherry on top. But the act of taking the photo is where the healing begins because you've decided to wake up and choose you that day. And that's fucking huge, right? I love that. The cherry on top is when you like the photo. And at some point, the amount of times that you wake up and choose yourself, your intuitive thoughts start to go, I'm going to choose me today. And that leads to, I'm actually going to take a screenshot from this video today. And I may or may not like it. But when you like it, the day that you decide to like it is huge. And that's when I start to get messages. You've changed my life. I've never taken a sexy selfie I've enjoyed. I sent partner, I sent photos to my partner for the first time in our entire relationship. And he came home, she came home early from work. Like those are big (laughs) moments, but I just need you to shorten that cycle from five years to three weeks or two weeks or a month. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, on that note, (laughs) Caitlin, it was a pleasure talking to you today. Can you give us your website one more time for people that want to find you? Sure. CaitlinScott.com is my website. You can find me on TikTok at TheCaitlinScott and I'm on Instagram at uh, CaitlinScottBoudoir. And you can see my work uh, and my images on all three of those, but specifically Instagram and my website. TikTok doesn't um, super appreciate what I do. Yeah, TikTok (laughs) doesn't. Like sex. But you need an OnlyFans (laughs) page. So I... Okay, so I've started an OnlyFans page. There's nothing on it. I'm actually working on starting a subscription service um, Mm. that I host that has behind the scenes tutorials on how to take really intimate photos with your partner and then my spicy work. Um, You can find me on FetLife. I don't know if that is something I can Mm -hmm. say here. I do. Yeah, why not? FetLife is a website for kinky people finding kinky people. Mm. Gotcha. Kim. I knew Kim didn't know that. I did not know that. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to see some of my spicier work, a lot of it is not there because I don't have permission to share. Thank you for having me. You both are so wonderful. Oh, this was great. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Modern Pleasure Podcast. And we will see you next time.